Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hissov and Stevie Nickel. International break is almost over, but there's still time for Germany to get even worse. Uh, they would lose 2-0 against Austria. A shocking display once again from Julian Nagelsmann's side. It's their second straight loss. And take a look at the front of build, which pretty much sums it all up. 9-9 Nagelsmann. Uh, that is back-to-back defeats, of course, for the new man who was brought in after Flick to make everything better. He hasn't. Take a look at their record in the calendar year. It is dreadful. They've lost six matches out of 11. Uh, for more on this, Frank LeBeouf is here. Frank, it's interesting when you take a look at the side that played today. It is old. I think the oldest ever one that we've seen Germany put out. Is this a case of they need freshening up, they need new blood, or is it a case of these players don't really care because they know it's just a friendly? Well, I, I never thought that when you play with the national team, you consider any games as a friendly. Uh, you have to uh, put your pride out it out on the field and make sure that you um, get the flag very high in the sky for your country. And uh, when you see the names of the players that you see in that uh, in that first eleven team, uh, you can consider that they are they all very good players. They are they are all, all around thirty year old, not twenty nine years old in average. Which is, I think, the, the the best years between 28 and 30. So there is no excuses for for Germany to to use that and say it's too old. No, they're not. You know, I I'm sorry, but uh, um, I think uh, Messi won the World Cup. He was more than 30. Uh, I won the World Cup. I was 30, and so many players won the World Cup uh, around those those uh, ages. So so it's not an excuse. I think it's mostly. I know, and Nagelsmann put it uh, in, uh, in uh, put it out in, during the uh, press conference where they don't play together. They're not united, and that's the thing in football. If you don't consider playing with the others and think of just about yourself, you're not going to create anything. It's not. It's going to. It's not going to work. And it's very strange because part of the uh, the best assets that Germany always had in the history is to play together, to be a real squad, to be impossible to beat. I'd like to make an apology to Julian Nagelsmann. I suggested that he's only been in charge for two games. He's been in charge for four. He beat the US Drew against Mexico as well. But he was brought in, Stevie, of course, because Flick was having a nightmare. And he's not doing any better. I, I look at the back line and I wonder. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Again, my good old friend. I mean, Max Hummels was a fantastic <laughs> player at one time. But he's not anymore. And Ta, in my opinion... You know, if they could go and buy a couple of, get a couple of the French centre-backs, they can get a game. OK. But quite frankly, if they, when they can't get it right going forward, they're going to lose games. Because they can't defend to save their life. Right. I'm, I'm not a fan of trapping goal. Rudiger's had a tough time ever since he went to Real Madrid. Hummels shouldn't be playing. And, and I'm not a fan of, of Tar. So What about Kai Havertz as a fullback? Uh, listen, you can... It's a friendly, so you can try things. OK. But he tried I, it last I'm time, okay didn't work. With that, but but you've got you've got to be able to defend. You can't 
You can't just rely on going and outscoring teams every time you step on the field. And, and as I said, on occasions when going forward, they, they're not quite at it, they're going to lose games because you can't defend. They just can't defend. There's no two ways about it. I don't care who the manager is. If, he's de if, if all he's got to pick from is Tart and Hummels and an out-of-form Rudiger, then uh, what's the coach supposed to do? I'm, I'm, I'm with Stevie. Any, any hint of pace exposes Germany defensively. And I'm not sure how, how you're supposed to, to deal with that by playing Havertz as, as, as a left-back. That, that's not his position. He's not going to have those, those instincts in terms of when to cover Rudiger, when Hummers might, might find himself out of position. Um, so it's, it's, I, I, right now, I, I think it's, it's a hiding to nothing until they can figure out, until they can identify uh, a better defense, uh, defensive partnerships. As I mentioned, though, Germany are through, of course, to the Euros as hosts, as are Italy, controversially, of course, after that 0-0 draw against Ukraine yesterday. We talked about that penalty decision that maybe Ukraine should have had. Uh, Napoli president Aurelio de Laurentiis on that said, nobody wants to see a team robbed the way Ukraine were last night by Italy. They clearly should have had a penalty. Frank, should they? Um, well, because I'm not 100% sure, uh, and for me it's a, not an obvious uh, uh, foul, um, I would say no, because I, I watched it like 10 times, and there is only one angle when we see Modric from, the, from his back, where we think that uh, that is, is being touched. Uh, but from here, I don't see anything. I'm not sure. Uh, we know our strikers or forward players can be touched. We don't see that. I don't, I'm not clear. It's not clear. Here from here, I see Shin against Shin. That's what I see. He catches him with his left foot. So, Look, his right foot catches him in the shin. Where? Do you not see that? Left foot, no, his left foot doesn't touch. No, no, he's right. He's right. No, 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 Stevie, Stevie, let me talk to After the ball. No, no, no. Well, let me finish. Let me explain it. What I saw. Well, I, after, I was talking. After the ball goes, after the ball goes, the defender's right foot catches Mudrik there on his shin, on his on his left leg. No, no, but you're not sure about catches that. Him no, you're, it's, it's, it catches him on his left leg. It catches him on his left leg. Again, I see. Look. Yeah, oh, again, I see. The defender's shin catches him on his left are, leg. Are you telling me that, that from, from the last <laughs> angle, are you telling me from the last angle, Stevie, are you sure that it touches? Aye. No, I, you're I not sure. A, no, I you're not sure. Was, you can, I, I was, you, I'll tell you what. I saw the first... The... Sorry, Frank. I, I was more Go. unsure the first time I saw it, right? My first reaction was penalty, and then I thought, hmm, that's a good situation if you're, if you're smart enough that you go down. And then I saw the replay, and then I was more convinced it was a penalty. Because I'm 100% sure, so, Frank, that the defender's right leg catches Mudrick's left, uh, just I, I near agree. the shin, I, the side I of his leg. I agree with you, Stevie. Stevie, I agree with you on the first, on the, the angle when we see Mudrick from the back. It, we, we see shin against shin with the right foot or right shin of the Italian players and left shin of Mudrich. It's what I saw. But when I see from other angles, I'm not sure. I can't, I can't, uh, have, uh, I can't be 100% sure. And we all agree, all agree that you, it's an obvious and 100% sure foul we can decide for a penalty. It's why then, I hesitate. It's why I say maybe I wouldn't give the penalty. Don't you only need one angle to see this contact? 
You don't have to be able to see from three or four angles. There's contact. You just need to be able to see there's contact. That's what you. The reason you're looking but at yeah, it you is to see whether there's contact. So you can if you can get an angle you where you see contact, then it's a penalty. You want a confirmation? And by the way, I, I another thing was, is... Was one tack, was one... Well, let, let me Go ask on. you this, then. Go on. Which, which is not whether he did or didn't. Why would the referee not be asked to go and look at it? That's, that's another question. Well, that's, 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 is it clear and obvious enough? That's, that's, where, that's the path we're going down, your wonderful phrase that you like. Well, again, let's, well, whether it's clear and obvious, let, let's have the referee decide. You cannot look at that... You, some people may not be able to look at that and say with 100%, like I'm saying, that it's penalty, right? But you cannot tell me when you look at that, you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm, ooh, I'm not 100% sure. Right. So the obvious thing is to go and get the referee, because guess what? He's the guy in charge. Would you have sent the referee to the monitor, Frank, if you were VAR? Oh, yes, 100%. Yeah, of right. course, of course. Because he's the guy who normally decides. It's not the people in the VAR who have to decide. There is somebody on the field who have the feeling of it, and he's uh, the professional guy. So, of course, he has to go to the monitor and decide. Uh, and because it's, uh, again, it's a, it's a game uh, who are made of interpretation. So, and it's up, and the last, the last decision has to be made by the main referee. And, and the way I'll pan out has you asking lots of questions. Because... After it happened, I'm sat there and I'm like, well, this is got this absolutely is going to have a it's got it's the ref's got to have a look at it. Yeah. This is this is this is so important. And then you're waiting and you're waiting and it's, it's almost like somebody got a got a scrubbing brush and went, right, let's forget that happened. Right. Just, let's forget that happened. Play on. Right. Because it's better that Italy it's are in just, the Euros. Well, it just makes you think. Oh. It makes you start thinking. Uh, well, <laughs> it wasn't only Ukraine complaining about penalties. It was England as well and Harry Kane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, this is quite this is interesting <laughs> given what happened. Uh, Harry Maguire, sorry, not Harry Kane. Um, I've seen some penalties in the Premier League since the start of this season, which for me are just ridiculous. They're given for anything. They are so soft. I don't know where lads are supposed to put their arms or minimal contact. It's a contact export, the threshold of giving penalties definitely needs to change. And the reason, of course, we're laughing is because what happened early on in the game against North Macedonia, where somehow the referee and then VAR decided that this was a fair challenge from Harry Maguire. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come <laughs> oh, on. How, how can anyone look at this? And think I, I don't know. Like I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing because I thought it was. I, th I thought it was a penalty, and then I thought, oh, what? Oh. You talk about you talk about uncoordinated. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. And then it never came. <laughs> You're like, what? At least we got a laugh at it. Well, you know exactly. At least it entertained us a little bit, didn't it? Now that's very good. That's <sighs> um, <laughs> Frank, clear and obvious. Yeah, that one's okay. That one should have been yeah, a penalty. Yeah, yeah, there is not, not, yeah, yeah, no decision. The people they were uh, uh, either at the bar or in the restroom, so but they weren't in front of the bar, that's for sure. Uh, meanwhile, France were in action uh, against, uh, against Greece, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, today, uh, later yes. on, they should have had a goal. It wasn't given. Uh, and it's uh, a strange reason why it wasn't given, because there's no goal line technology in Euro qualifiers. Uh, take a look at this here. But the question is, why? Uh, well, that's very true. 
So is that across oh the God. line? <laughs> what, what did it? What are they coming up with? Money, reason? money, Stevie saves money, doesn't it, for UEFA? That obviously they they won't put in. We saw it, of course, in, right. in, the La, in La Liga last season as well. That's what Griezmann had to say. Goal line technology is what was missing. UEFA has a lot of money and they can't manage to put everything in place for us to know whether it's a goal or not. We have to ask a bit more of UEFA. If they want us to be playing lots of games, we need to ask them for more technology. He's absolutely spot on. Uh, yes, yeah, I think it's uh, difficult to make up any sort of argument in favour of UEFA for this, isn't it, Frank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend the money, and rightly, <laughs> and especially for that. To, 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 that, to that point, I mean, you had Craig on yesterday complaining about... Uh, Everything. For the good of the... <laughs> the old phrase, for the good of the game. That'd be, you know, kind of make more teams involved in, in, in these competitions. For the good... This is a part of that, for good of the game. Making sure smaller nations ha have access to this, this technology. I, I think that, that that is as as important as expanding the, the pool for, for, for competitions. That the teams have good pitches, have technology that, that they can rely on. This is without question a, a feeling of UEFA. Uh, meanwhile, we saw, of course, Lukaku on his phone uh, in the second half after uh, Belgium comfortably beat uh, Azerbaijan by five goals. Everyone brushed it off yesterday, and the only reason I bring it up is because you're not happy with it, Stevie, is that right? Oh, come on. What? I, I, I mean, how does anybody think there's anything okay about this? Because it's Azerbaijan, because he's already scored four goals, because he's the 5 0 up, the game is over. I'm just making the well, points that the boys made yesterday. We've just been talking about disrespecting the game. I mean, how, how more disrespectful can you get to the opposition? I don't care where he's got all these Betty Big Spodge mates and they've got other money and they've got other cars and all their houses and everything else, but you've got, you got the other side who've got nothing and you want to sit and disrespect them. I mean, imagine if one of them looks across and you're sitting on your phone. How disrespectful is that? Seriously, and it's down to the manager. It's, it really is down to the manager. If the manager doesn't do something about this and thinks that's okay, then I'm sorry, it's, that's, he's not in charge, basically. Shaka, yesterday you had no problem with this. Oh, I didn't have a problem with it. Well, part of this is not, not just wrong, Shaq. I, I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I, listen, I, 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 games, games done. Belgium are just keeping the ball, not running up the score. It's over as a competition. I'm not bothered. Frank? No. Wow. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I have a, a wrong, well, I have something that I, I can't explain, you know, what, we, what, what kind of world we live in, you know, um, I think uh, it's like when you are at, um, at the table with your, your kids and everybody's on the, is on is what, what, uh, getting their phones or whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a something you do together where you all committed. So it's part of uh, educating people. And um, and um, I would have been the coach. I think I could have gotten crazy. I could have get, gotten the phone and threw it, uh, threw it uh, against the wall. It's just, it's, it's, it's just about, you know, respecting the game, respecting the others, and respecting the fact that they're all together involved in something together. And you're not showing that you are not interested anymore because you score four goals. And it's not against Romilu. It's like uh, a new generation kind of thing where... People are not concerned by what they do. They need to be distracted by other things. 
And that's, that's not the way I see life. When you, eat, when you eat with your parents, you, you talk to your parents and you're not on the phone. When you play a football game, you pay attention to what's going on. And if you're not involved, even if you score four goals, you keep focusing on what you, what's happening. And you respect um, what it is. And I, I think it wasn't, it wasn't cool from Romilu to do that. I'm sure. I'm actually really surprised at you, Shaq. I, I thought 100% you'd be like, that's wrong and you can't do that. And, and you're like, oh, I'm a bollard. <laughs> there you go. Well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, I suppose. No, absolutely. Even if it's wrong, like Shaka's car rank. <laughs> well, uh, it's not often you're wrong, but you're wrong. <laughs> We'll get to his power rankings in a moment. Here are the pops, then, uh, that has been decided now. Pop one is very strong. The rest, not so much, really. Well, pot three looks pretty tough to me. Oh, God, there's a lot of dross in this tournament. Uh, apart from <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. Oh, So let's take it then to Shaka's. Now, this is just Euros. Shaka's not talking about any, anywhere no, else I'm in the world. No, I'm just talking about to win it. Yeah, there we go. France are my favourites. Right. Hold on a minute. How can you have Italy fifth? They're in pot four for... You know why they're in pot four? Because they're rotten. They're actually, they're actually worse than, than my mm. team, Scotland. Italy. And I don't see you I don't see you in Scotland in the top ten. They're 11th, they're 11th. <laughs> Italy are defending European champions. So, I get, I, so again... Jack is getting off abused. Again, I am... Seriously. I'm, I have Italy that high. See, you're, you're, that's, you've been wrong twice in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wanna, I bet you Italy get further than Scotland. <laughs> oh, I feel a $50 bet coming on. No. You're really taking a chance there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, well, hey, you you hey. sit here making an, a strong hey. argument for, for Scotland. I just told you, I, thought, I just told you you're in pot four and we're in pot three. So, all right, I'm, so, not saying, I'm not saying we're going to do better well, than Italy. Okay, well, I'm just telling you, you must be bonkers if you think you, Italy's you, fifth you, favourites to you win You're just making a Europe. very good argument not for a, Scotland to be in. a chance. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. I, think Italy, I think Italy has defended champions will be all right come the yeah. night. Oh, why? Uh, Frank, what are you making the power rankings? Uh, well, for, for the first time, I would say I'm very disappointed today by uh, uh, Shaka's comments wow. and power rankings, yeah. both yeah. in one, less than one minute. But wow. I would have put Portugal. I would have put Portugal. I would have put Portugal in front of Spain because Portugal have showed, you know, the the perfection. 30 points in the in in 10 games, and they and they. I think they are capable of uh, uh, being one. Well, they could, we could put them as contenders. Italy, they should have lost against Ukraine, we have to be fair. I think Belgium is more advanced, I would say, right now than, uh, than Italy to do something good during that European Championship. But I love you, Shaka. I'm not no, uh, resentful. You have the right Belgium to be wrong. Anything. Belgium not doing anything. Well, there we confident go. That. What's that? Belgium not doing anything. No, you're confident of that as well. Belgium never do anything. All right, because Lukaku, well, Lukaku's on his phone. It's a problem. If he got off his phone, it'd be all right. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Frank's back, Shaka and Stevie as well for extra time. As always, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. 
Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So last night we saw the U.S. taking on Trinidad and Tobago for a place in the Copper America this summer. Jack, where is everyone? Uh, not at the National Stadium. Okay, right, thank you very much. Uh, 25 minutes in, uh, Robinson would make it 1-0. Yeah, and it's a ball just floated down. Robinson gets ahead of his defender. That's a nice diving header into the bottom corner. Right then, what a moment this would turn out to be. Now, Serginho Des goes down. He feels he should have a foul. You can see nothing was given. It'd be a throw. It always oh, angry. It started with the foul, and then he gets a ball that he thought he kept in play, but the linesman gave it as all. So he booted into the stand, and then he just keeps going on and on. I mean, yep. I, I honestly, watching this, I could not believe what I was watching. It was so weird because it's. It's just a marginal decision, isn't it? It was a nothing decision. Yeah, very strange. That would actually change the whole complex uh, of the game. Uh, also, Matt Turner has a little bit of involvement in that as well. Uh, Real Moore here makes it 1-1. Shaq? Yeah, I mean, nice run into the channel, tight angle. Turner slips slightly, but near post. And what's going on here? Well, um, my guess is as good as anybody's Sun, at this point. wind, light, what is... I mean, this is the same Alvin Jones. Uh, Wow. That beat Tim Howard back in 2018, and you thought lightning struck twice. But the more you see that, the worse it looks for Matt Turner. In the end, though, the U.S. go through ahead over Agra on the two legs. That qualifies them for the semi-final and Copa America. But first, let's hear, shall we, from Greg Bearhalter about Serginho Dest. It is concerning because, um, you know, that's not what we want to represent. That's not who we are as a group. Um, you know, we pride ourselves in staying mentally disciplined, battling through any type of conditions, whether they're, they're good decisions or bad decisions. Um, you know, we're, we're supposed to keep going and respond in, in an appropriate way. And that obviously wasn't the right response from Serginho. He apologized to the group. He said it's not going to happen again. Um, you know, as a, as a team, the players, the staff, we need to hold him accountable because um, it's inexcusable. It really is. And, um, you know, we're very firm with our, with our words after the game. You know, he put a number of guys in jeopardy, made a number of guys do a lot of extra work in this weather, and um, it's inexcusable. What I don't want this to turn into is a witch hunt. You know, he's a young player. He's a fantastic part of this team. He's going to learn. He's going to grow. He made a, a, a dumb mistake. He knows that. He apologized to the team, and we move forward. We started the game pretty well, I think. We had things under control, and then obviously a moment of 
you know, unprofessionalism kind of went against us, but, you know, we take it. At the end of the day, we've got through to the semi-finals of Nations League. We're in the Copa America, so it's still a successful break. Yeah, there's, there's not, not too many things that, that I can say here publicly that, uh, that we said privately. Overall, it's a, it's a complete lack of, of respect um, for, for the guys that are playing, for the guys that are on the bench. Um, you know, a feeling of, of a lack of respect for, for the game itself, for the, for the referees. Um, we knew, and we talk about it every time we come down here, um, every time you're, you're in, a, in a CONCACAF game, that, that anything can happen. So, you know, not, not to give, give an excuse, um, you know, for, for anything like that to happen. So, for, for me, uh, just a, a feeling of, of disrespect, um, to be completely honest with you. And, and you know, that's, that's something that, that, you know, he, he needs to understand um, because it, uh, it, it completely changes. It completely changes the game, but then it completely changes any type of you know potential plan of, of guys coming in and um, you know subs off the bench. Um, com, you know, throws that completely out of whack. So um, yeah, just just disrespect for overall. Well, Tim Ream pulling no punches there. This is what Sergio Des had to say on his Instagram account. I want to apologise to my teammates, staff fans and whole nation for my behavior. It was unacceptable, selfish and immature. I let my team down. It's something I have to learn from and it won't happen again. Uh, former US international Casey Keller is uh, joining us now. Casey, this incident overshadowed really the, the whole game, probably for the best given what happened in it. Uh, what did you make of what happened the reaction afterwards? Well, I think that was the crazy part about it was uh, I think when you, you look at the start of the game, I thought Denzel Smith in Trinidad had to make a couple really nice tidy saves early on. We talked about how that first half in the opening leg, we didn't see the, the U.S. team that we've been used to seeing. So we wanted to see that response in this game. And I think we saw that. And then there was some nice, there was some, uh, some good efforts on goal, some nice saves from Smith. Then, you know, Anthony Robinson gets the opening goal. Everything's in control. And then the inexcusable happens, and, 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 and I thought the team really fell apart after that, which, I can, which surprised me, I think, even more. Well, I guess I can't be more surprised than what Serginho just did because I don't think anybody can explain that. I don't think he can explain it, how he just lost everything on something that really made no sense whatsoever. I think the red card in the Mexico game in Las Vegas in the summer, I think you kind of look at that and you go, okay, a fight, you lose your head, you do something, you get red carded. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unprofessional, but you can understand that this made no sense whatsoever. And then, and then the team, knowing that Trinidad had to score five goals, just looked out of sorts. I know there had to be some mental side of that, but still, with 10 men, get organized, defend well. There was opportunities where Trinidad could have got the third goal, could have got the fourth goal, and made this a lot more interesting than it actually was. But yeah, overall, just an absolute embarrassment for, for U.S. soccer, for Serginho. And, and now it's all about how does he kind of recover from with his teammates, with the coaching staff, with the fans. And, and, and then the tricky part about it is, when is the next game that he's going to be available for? It might be seven, eight months before he has a chance to put this right. What's interesting, Stevie, it, it was there, it was no, look, we've all done something stupid on the pitch like, like this before. There was no defense from anyone. Every single person speaking afterwards really condemned it. I personally don't think they 
condemned it enough. Right. The manager should have buried this guy. Yeah, Young's a bit of an excuse. He's 23, you ah, played at Barcelona. He been absolutely buried. He starts off with, this is not what we represent. I mean, you know, how about you just tell us how you feel? You know, because this guy in particular, it's almost like he's trying too hard to be sensible. Right. How about you just tell everybody how you, how you should feel? And he should have buried them. How would have you felt I, if one of your players did that? I would that? have slaughtered them. Absolutely, 100%. Because that, what he did, you can't trust this guy. Mm -hmm. And the problem Berhold has got now is he doesn't have anybody who's close to him in that position. Mm. And does he give it, oh, well, he won't do it again. And he'll learned his lesson. Or do, you, or do you worry? And Tim Ream and Robinson, the way they spoke, tells me that they are not hugely surprised by his behaviour. Right. That there's, there's something they, they know. This guy's this guy's either thinks he's big time, or he's got a chip in his shoulder, or he's he's too good for where he is. That this this is a pro. This absolutely, he's shown his true colours. That's what he's doing. And all this, oh, I don't know what happened, and I'll never do it again. No, no. But bottom line, Bearhalter should have buried him. Is that half shot? No, it's not. Not not in the slightest. First of all, let me just say, everything about this, it just made me think that there's something behind the scenes, something under the surface with Serginio Dest that we may not know about, right? And we've seen that happen with players over the last 12 or 18 months, and, and we've had to, so well, Sydney, I've had to walk back some of the things I've said. As of right now, we don't know that that's the case, right? That, that, if, if that's the case, that's the only thing that makes sense. As of right now, we don't know that that's the case. This was easily the most ridiculous red card I have seen in my days of watching football. I thought what Tim Ream had to say was absolutely on point. I understand Greg Berhalter trying to be a little bit, well, go softly with it, but, but, but I think his disappointment was, was written all over his face. Um, had Jose Mourinho been the U.S. men's national team coach, he would never play for the U.S. again. Had Pep Guardiola. Really? You think that's strong? I, I, absolutely. Because this, while we. But that's we, different, isn't it? At club level, you can bring in someone else. You've got but, someone But else. here's the point. Here's the point. As much as we're talking about a 23 year old, we're talking about a 23 year old who's played for Ajax, played for Barcelona, played for PSV, and as far as I can tell, has been sent off once five years ago playing in the second division for, playing for, for Ajax's second team. So he won't do this for Ajax. He will not do this for Barcelona. He will not do this for PSV. But all of a sudden, does it twice in quick succession for, in, in the U.S. shirt? That, and, and, and both times, by the way, the game is in total control. Normally, when you see people acting up like this, the game is getting away from you, and you're trying to stir a reaction in, in, in the opponent that kind of gives you, you know, some kind of an advantage or gets you back into the game through the side door. You're in total control against Mexico. You're in total control against against Trinidad and Tobago. You're in total control, and you put everything at risk. Casey mentioned the chances that Trinidad and Tobago had. Our best player, Levi Garcia, who plays with AK Athens, was out injured. Had he been on the park, we could be having a very different conversation right now. All because of Serginio Dest and a ball that he thought he kept in play. Well, that is... It's interesting, Shatler, I've worked with you a lot. This seems to have got under your skin more than most it, things. It, it, Why? Because it's, it's just a, a basic of the game. You do not hang your teammates out to dry.
And that's what he did. This was about, this was not about somebody losing his cool. This was not about somebody who just disagreed the decisions. This is somebody who's thinking only about himself. After he got the first yellow card, three of his teammates came around him and tried to take him away from the situation. And he kept going back. He got the red card. And then there's video of him going behind the goal and Matt Turner having a word with him. And he is going back at Matt Turner. The way he walked up the sideline with his chest puff, puffed out. and I mean, at, at this point, he, he is not caring about his team. He's not caring about the position that he put him in. Never mind the red miss. We've all had that. The red miss come down, you do something silly. This was about, this was the most selfish act I've seen on a football pitch. And, and, and for me, I, it's beyond excusing. It's Copper America in the summer, Stevie. Do you take him? I hope he's in a position not to, because can I add one thing about Berhalter as well? You know, players, players always like it when after a, after a game, when things have gone wrong, haven't gone the way you wanted, players appreciate when a manager sticks up for them. But there are certain times when they want the manager to speak, speak out and, and absolutely bury things. And this is one of those occasions because Tim Ream and Turner in goal absolutely will be watching Berhalter and thinking, why are you not burying this guy? He has just absolutely hung us all out to dry and you're trying to stick... It's almost like you try to, you try to stick up for them. But I'm telling you, if the proper players and the, definitely the senior players will be thinking, why is it... Why is our manager not hanging this guy out to dry? Here's the thing with that. When I saw Berholter's post-game uh, comments, the first thing I thought was, he's in a compromised position given what happened post-World Cup. And everything that... The Giorena and, and the Giorena, and he got fired, or whatever you want to call it, and then rehired, well, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, he got fired and rehired. <laughs> and... and I just wondered if he's now found himself in a slightly compromised position, kind of given that, and now having to deal with this and maybe not feeling that he can deal with it as strongly as, as he would like. That, that's the only thing, because as I say, had it been a stronger manager in a more certain position, to your question, Dan, no, he would not be going to Copa America. Uh, one player who maybe on his team was happy that Serginho Des did that it was Matt Turner because we would have started the show having to go at him uh, as opposed to Serginho Dest. A, a shocking performance, Casey, from a man who's had a horrible month, of course, dropped for, by Nottingham Forest and not exactly um, shining a positive light on himself last night. Yeah, that's, that's tough for Matt. You know, going in, you know, leaving Arsenal for Forest, everybody thought it was a dream move. He'd now get regular... Uh, first team football, which he started off doing and, and, and started off pretty well. And and then a couple of mistakes later and then he gets dropped and then you get a chance to come with the national team and kind of clear your mind a little bit and get back to a familiar environment and think, OK, now I can just kind of put in everybody's mind why Nottingham Forest bought me. And unfortunately for Matt, you put in everybody's mind why Nottingham Forest dropped you. And, and that's a a tough situation for a great young man and and he's a really nice guy and you know you, you feel for him but the only thing you can do when things go tough is is you have to just prove to everybody the reason why why you got to where you got to and you know 
no pro has ever gone through a situation where, where, where they've gone through one of these spells. Everybody's gone through it at some stage. And it's how you come out the other end is, is going to be important. And, you know, just, you know, Matt, who knows when the next time he's going to be playing regular football again. And so, yeah, it's tough when you leave that lasting memory on your teammates, on your coaches, on the fans, both for club and country. It's not like, okay, if he did it in the first game, and then you had a chance to come in the second game and be like, okay, I put that behind me. Here's a great performance. But now you're out in the wilderness for a while, and, and you've got to reprove yourself all over again. And, and, hey, that's part of being a pro, and that's what Matt has to swallow now. And it's uh, the only good part about it as a goalkeeper. Well, so often when you make mistakes, it costs you. Now, mm-hmm. yes, they lost the game, but they won the tie. So the, so the cost of the mistakes – you know, did not cost the national team going to Copa America, which would have been a, a, a much harder pill to swallow. It's another headache, isn't it, for Craig Berhoff, Yeah, and one that I'm not sure he has a ready-made solution for, in, in all honesty. I think Martin has established himself as the U.S. number one, and, and rightly so. I still believe Martin is a very good goalkeeper, but going through a really bad spell. And, and oftentimes... It takes a different mentality. Going from Arsenal to, to Nottingham Forest, and, and albeit, yes, given the expectation of Arsenal, and you, you're battling with, certainly at the time, Aaron Ramsdale for the number one shirt, and then going to Nottingham Forest, where you're being asked a lot more to make a lot more decisions when you leave your line, when you come for crosses, and, and you get a couple of those things wrong, and all of a sudden, it, it, just, it just escalates. And I think that's where Matt Turner is right now. And I... As I've said, from but every single goalkeeper who's kind of gone through the spells, and we all have, just go back to doing the very simple things. Just go back to worrying about yourself. If a centre-half is having a bad day, that's on him. You worry about you. Once you get your game right, then you can start to figure out those other parts. Because some of the decisions I think he's made, both for, for club, um, so the decisions for club have cost him, and now it's gotten in his mind and, and simple things like shot-stopping have now, um, have now deserted him slightly. Quite a negative uh, tone to the start of this show, but reminder that the US did win. They are through to the semi-finals. Of- Try not to bigger one. Well, they've won over the two legs. Yeah, well, you want to be positive, I'm being positive. Try to bigger one. Uh, there we go. And what that means is the US qualify uh, for Copper America, which is in America, uh, this summer. What are the expectations for you going into this tournament, Casey? Well, I think the tricky part about this for the U.S. is because they're not in qualifying, these games are going to be so important because they're actually going to mean something. You know, the U.S. is going to get stuck in this schedule where they're just playing friendly after friendly. So here, they're going to have to take this extremely seriously. They're going to have to try to look to, to build off the Copa America, you know, several years ago when it was in the U.S., when the U.S. lost in the third and fourth place game. So, so yeah, there's no, there's no reason why the U.S. can't be competitive now. There'll be a lot of pressure on that team. There'll be a lot of pressure on Greg to kind of show that this will be almost like a warm-up two years ahead of time where you're going to have some quality opposition where we know with Nations League in Europe and we know with the, the, the big schedule of, of South American qualifying, you, don't, you just don't get the opportunities to play against you know the top 20 nations like you used to in friendlies. And so... 
This is going to be a big, big test for this U.S. squad and for Greg Berhalter to, to really convince kind of the American fan base that U.S. soccer made the right choice in bringing Greg back. Uh, boys, you go back to 2016. They made it to the semifinals. Can they replicate that? Who? America. That's what we talk about, Shaq. Not Trinidad. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. Not, not this U.S. Uh, no. In, in, in short, I thought you were talking about Trinidad and Tobago. We have, <laughs> we have just, just about as much chance against these semifinals. Uh, no, I, I, just, I just don't see it. I, I don't think this team is anywhere near as good as, as that one was. Um, nah. No. People can't see you shaking your head. The graphics up. No. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, I can't see any. Listen, when you go down to 10 men against Trinidad and Tobago, you should still win the game, in my opinion. If, you, if you're number 11 in the world, supposedly, and you're going into Copa America to play against Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay and, and all these teams, and you, can, and you can't come out with anything, no. No chance. Uh, that's it. Uh, Casey will say thank you very much. Enjoy the holidays. We'll speak to Casey, of course, uh, soon. More Casey, by the way, on Football Americas, which was live at the full-time West Hall. Oh, they've got their knickers oh, in the right old oh, twist. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. God, man, man, be sure to check it out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It is not pleasant viewing, is it, for Real Madrid fans when you take a look at the number of injuries and injuries to starters as well significantly uh, that Carlo Ancelotti will have to deal with over the next few weeks and months until the end of the season. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in uh, Sid Lowe. Sid, let's start with the uh, name that's at the top of that list, Jude Bellingham. What's the latest on him? Well, he's returned to training and he's been able to train with his teammates. And so there's a there's a degree of hope that he'll be able to play at the weekend against Cardiff. Now, obviously, given the size of that injury list that you're talking about, I think there will be that little bit more pressure to make sure he's ready in time. But at the moment, Real Madrid are only looking at it from the point of view of there being a hope rather than any certainty that he'll be able to make it. 
what's the mood in Madrid, given all these injuries, Sid, that have occurred over the last couple of weeks? Well, it's curious, really, because, of course, one of the things that's added to this is, is the injury to a Barcelona player, the injury of Gabi mm. in the Spain game the other day. And I think what that's done is it's taken some of the attention away from the concern and the upset and the worry and tilted it into another territory, which, of course, is anger. And this is something that's been ongoing for a very long time. And, of course, we know that part of the backdrop to this is the fact that Real Madrid are, are, are driving the push towards the to, towards the Super League, partly because they want to challenge the power of UEFA and FIFA and have the power in the hands of the clubs. And, of course, this reinforces that argument a little bit because it's them saying, look, no one is taking care of our players. We need to look after their players. And I think there's an anger at the fact that in this international break, you've had injuries for Vinicius, you've had injuries for Camavinga. And there is that concern that, as I say, has gone, I think, from worry into anger because it's now part of a broader conflict between clubs and the footballing authorities. Although there's a massive hypocrisy within that, isn't there, Sid, in that Real Madrid quite happily will tour the world and go to Saudi Arabia for the Spanish Super Cup as well to take the money. So it's not as if if the Real Madrid club had the opportunity to rest the players, they would necessarily do that. No, absolutely. And of course, this is part of a, a much broader debate that we could have, Dan, about, about the nature of the, the fact that players are playing too many games. But which games are they playing? How often are they playing? Who's responsible for this, the club or the federations? And, and, and you do get the feeling, don't you, when you see some of the arguments that essentially what everybody seems to want is the same thing, that we reduce the load on the players, that we take some of the pressure off, that we give them some of the breaks. But everybody wants it to be someone else who does that. So it's reduce your games, but not mine. Reduce your responsibility, but not mine. And obviously the clubs, there is one big difference, I, I suppose, and it's a difference that I must confess I'm slightly uneasy about because I, I, I don't particularly like this argument, but I understand it, which is the argument that says these are assets and it's clubs that pay the wages of these players. And so it's clubs that should have more power over what happens to the players. But of course, there's the players' interest in this. There's the federation's interest. There's the club's own interest. And actually, at times, those do coincide with players playing international football because it's good for their brand. It's good for their, their image and, and so on. But yeah, there is that, that kind of conflict. And as you say, that, that hypocrisy at the heart of it, which is that everybody wants the players to keep on playing, including sometimes the players themselves except when it's someone else's games. And, and that's where part of the problem lies. And actually, I must say, that's one of the reasons why I'm quite pessimistic about there being a genuine solution found to all of this, because fundamentally the response is always, well, he can stop playing for you then. It's never he can well, stop it. playing for me. That's it, isn't it? So, like, my next question would be, well, nothing's going to change, is it? And there's no suggestion that it will, because we've discussed this for so many years, the FIFA virus the, that's been around during international break, because, as you say, everyone is just pointing the finger at everybody else. Yeah, and, and I must admit, I, I, you know, you've used the phrase there, the FIFA virus, and it's one that's very much a recurring theme, as you know, in Spain, and it's constantly talked about. And, and I must admit, it sticks in the throat a little bit for me, that this is this idea that it's the FIFA virus, and that's to blame. Well, Courtois got injured and it was nothing to do with the FIFA virus and Edward Militao got injured and it was nothing to do with the FIFA virus and Jude Bellingham's shoulder injury came before the international break and he missed two England games because of it and, and, I, and I think there is this sort of tendency to say well all of the physical problems are because of the national teams when of course they're not. Now there does need to be some kind of solution found and actually we've, we've looked at this for example and you look at the World Cup qualifying in Europe is going to be shorter next time round and yet at the same time of course the Nations League will be grown, there's a Club <laughs> World Cup coming up, everybody seems to want more and more all the time and then when someone else 
uh, takes their player for a while and that player then gets injured and says, well, why are we playing so much? Well, because we all yeah. are. And one of the examples, and I, I don't really want to load this on too heavily at this point because, of course, we're talking about Real Madrid, but take Barcelona as an example. So, of course, now there's a lot of anger and I can understand it and I think it's entirely natural that there's a lot of anger and a lot of frustration at the fact that Gavi played and got injured with the Spanish national team. Well, the day that Barcelona finish their league campaign for the Christmas break, they will fly to Dallas to play a friendly. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that causes Gavi's injury. Of course, it doesn't. These injury can't happen in the future. It hadn't, hadn't, hasn't happened yet at the point of that, of that um, friendly and when that friendly was decided. But it does say to you, well, OK, but you can't necessarily complain about the number of games and then go and add more games to it. Gavi has played 27 times for Spain as a 19-year-old. It's a huge number. But he's yeah. also played 111 times for Barcelona, which is also a huge number. To that point, Sid, Stevie was talking about the last couple of days in the fact that you've got people, youngsters coming through who maybe haven't grown into their adult body yet. And as exciting as it is to see the likes of Pedri and Gavi and, of course, Lamine Yamal coming through, is there a sort of duty of care from Barcelona to make sure that they look after these players? I think it's a duty of care over all players, um, not just with Barcelona, and I would say not even just with young players. But of course, with young players, there's maybe more. There's maybe more weight upon you to do that. Now, I must confess, I don't have the the, the medical knowledge, the physiological knowledge to be able to judge this, and I, I think each case is, is probably slightly different. But it, there is that worry, isn't there? And, and we're listening to the former Spain coach this week, Javier Clemente, talking on Spanish radio about how these are quite often still kids, not just kids in terms of the age on their passport, kids in terms of their, their, their physical development, that maybe they don't yet withstand some of the pressures of this, that there's a psychological burden which is, which is greater. I think I'd be reluctant to say blanket, as a kind of a blanket answer, say, right, young players don't play them so much because I think each case is slightly different and that older players get injured too. Um, but, but I certainly do think that, that it's something that needs to be borne in, in mind. But as I say, I would expand that beyond just young players and say that, that all players need this protection. And perhaps at some point, this is where FIFA Pro will get involved. And maybe at some point is where players get involved and say, OK, we have to stop. And then, you know, of course, Dan, when that happens, the counter argument from people will be, well, earn a bit less money then. Yeah, indeed. Like you, Sid. That's where you cut down on your articles. Uh, where are you going to be this weekend for La Liga, Sid? Well, I'm going to be in Madrid, uh, but that only right. gives you a part of the answer because you have Rio Vallecano playing at home against Barcelona, you have Getafe okay. playing at home against Almeria, and you have Atletico Madrid playing at home against Mallorca all on the same day. Now, I suspect that Getafe against Almeria, I might only be able to see half of that game in order Lazy. to get to Atletico in time. Lazy, Sid. <laughs> no, you can do it. Look, Rio's at 7.30, Getafe's at 12.30. What time's Atleti? Three. You've got plenty of time. What are you moaning about? No, no, so it's, it, it's Rio yeah, at 2, Spanish time, it's Hitafi at 6.30 and it's Atletico at 9. But in order to get to the Atletico game, in order to do the preview with you guys, I will probably have to leave Hitafi late. Although some would argue, Dan, that when you look at that list of three games, leaving Hitafi against Almeria <laughs> late, there's a chance that I wouldn't... That I, that, I, that I wouldn't be missing very much. Uh, that's very true. Uh, Sid Lowe, thank you very much. Much appreciate. Just a reminder, all those games are live on ESPN+. Plus, or if you prefer, Cadiz against Real Madrid. It's also available on ABC. That's on Sunday at 12 p.m. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of uh, today's show. Be sure to stay tuned, though. More people shouting at Shaq, I'm sure, an what? extra time. Why? I don't know, Shaq. Uh, What's happened today? Presumptuous. <laughs> well, 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 here we are. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. What were you looking at, Frank? Oh, we caught you. Don't try, don't try to act all cool. Yeah, yeah, no. uh, what were you looking was, at on your phone? I was, I, I was calling, I was calling Romelu to see if he was okay. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Wow, Lukaku, of course, on his phone. Stevie and Frank angry. Chaka, quite literally not bothered. <laughs> I think it's fair. Oh, now, this morning, one of the greatest things that ever happened. Uh, because remember, we had the big argument, me and Stevie, talking about Jurgen Klopp. Right. And complaining about 12.30 kickoff times. And you went into a big defence about Klopp. Yeah. Until the end, where basically you just kind of gave up and said, well, I'll tell you what, Klopp should just, just be told to shut it by the owners. Which then led a very famous Liverpool website to lead. <laughs> lead with this quote. Steve Nicholl thinks Jurgen Klopp needs to shut it over kickoff times. <laughs> this, is, this is the classic example of... Oh, it made me so happy. <laughs> well, the, only, the only thing you got wrong was you said it would be the echo. Oh, yes, I did say it would be the echo. Instead, it was, it was somebody else. But what these sites do is they don't listen to the conversation. No, they really did. I just had enough of your nonsense. Yes. You weren't changing your stance. Yep. So I just said, right, they should tell him to shut his face. Yep. Um, and and of so- course, and then now, all these, <laughs> thankfully I'm not on Twitter, but I've been getting absolutely battered. Steve Nichol needs to wind his neck in, most negative ex-player. <laughs> I bet he wouldn't say that to Jurgen Klopp's face. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Old Nichol, once again showing his decline. <laughs> I blame Dan. Well, I know, he knows exactly what he's yeah, uh, Did you see, yeah, the, the first question is did you see how your entire defensive clock was ignored just to see yeah. the headline that Dan wanted that day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think it'd have learned by now. Uh, do, does it bother you at all that you're misrepresented? It does, I. Does it? That's interesting. It does, I. Oh, because. Because it's Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I, I mean. To have been part of Liverpool and the success and the whole thing and 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 so to to have people think that I'm just willy-nilly slagging people off. Right. I, I, I don't think he's right. No. 
and I will be making a phone call. Oh, Steve used to do that live on the air. That'd be exciting, I, I wouldn't enjoy. it? Yeah. Well, because what will happen, I know exactly what will happen is, every time this happens and you speak to anybody who's involved in, in printing it, they're all apologetic. Oh, we didn't mean to do it. And we right. didn't, right? Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, really, we really wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want you to feel that way. Uh, but at the time, they're like that, Ray. Let's stitch this guy up, no bother. But I just, I'll have the pleasure of pulling them up. Uh, Frank, on a slightly different topic, but I'm intrigued by this because we've talked about a lot in the past about looking at player ratings after games and things like that. Now, obviously, you're in the theatre now. When you have a bad review, do you, how do you react to that? Do you call someone out? Uh, like, how do you feel? Uh, well, it's just human to, and you have to accept the fact that you cannot please everybody. And, uh, but it's funny to see the comments because yes, we have reviews, but not by journalists, by people. It's like a, 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 net, a social network, in fact, where right. you can go on site and book your, your seat and, uh, and then make a comment after the, after the show. And uh, sometimes you have people I didn't like it, uh, where Frank Lebeuf should go back to, uh, to football, whatever it can be. And you can feel the bitterness and the jealousy of some people, but you, you, uh, I really, nowadays, I really don't care about people criticizing me because do they have the legit, the, do you say legitimacy? Do I, yeah. Are they legit to talk about my business when they're not on, 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 uh, on, uh, on stage? Uh, and I would, have, I would have loved to have thought that way when I was a football player, when journalists or fans were criticizing me. And um, in fact, not knowing what we are going through when we are on the field. Uh, I would have been more relaxed about all those criticisms. It's part of right. our job. We have to accept that. Some people are talking about something they don't know, but they still talk. It's not, it, here's the thing. It's not the criticism. No, no, I, I, no I understand. It's, the, it's a different, right. different world. It's the, it's the misrepresentation it's of what you said. It's a misrepresentation, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. When, you, when you're playing and you don't play well, and people slag you, you. What you need is people to that. support you in this role, not continue to throw you in front of the bus. I tell you what, any chance of taking some of your own advice? <laughs> hey. Oh, so good. So good. I could read those comments all day. Uh, for all, have you ever seen a player lose his cool the way that Dest did? If you didn't see it in the US games the junior, Dest just completely lost it, got himself sent off. Uh, what was your reaction in the locker room and can he come back from that? Did you ever see anybody like that, Chef? Not, not like that. No, no. no. I've seen players lose it, like... Like Decanio, you must have seen lose it? Oh, yeah, well, that's a, just a total different discussion. All. <laughs> yeah. We we were, yeah. play, we were playing our way to Plymouth one time. Right. Pre-season. Right. 6-1, we win the game. Okay. We're leading 6-0, you know, Harry brings on all the kids, they score one later on. We come back, everybody's having a good old time. Decanio starts throwing bottles and complaining and shouting in Italian for some reason. Nobody knows what's going on. Okay. It was just weird. So again, the Kanye losing it is just that is just. And did you ever find out what was wrong? No. Wow. It's a preseason friendly. We <laughs> won six 0 until the kids come on. And what's Harry doing? <laughs> <in> <laughs> no, well, after a while you just learn. Just leave Paolo alone. Right. Eventually, he just runs out of steam, <laughs> okay. and then you can carry like on. Like a toddler. Basically. Exactly. Let him have a little tantrum. You, you'll be all right. But I've seen players lose it. So like, if you're two or three down and the opponent starts juggling the ball and doing stuff like that. 
I've seen players run and just launch. Right. Launch the other player. Wow. And, and get sent off. Right. And, and even then, you're like, yep, that was, that was coming. Yeah, that was That's warranted. fair enough. But what Sergio Des did, I have never seen anything quite like that. Stevie, have you seen anything like that? No. No. I was actually thinking about the my Paolo story. Right. What's your Paolo story? My Paolo story is Grimsby. Because you were together at Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Grimsby. Yep. It's uh, the League Cup. Yeah. We're getting a beat at half time. Awful game, awful place. Pitch is horrible. Yeah. We're. Blundell Park. Blundell Park, garbage. You can't see properly because of the floodlights. There's a smell of fish. I mean, <laughs> there's just everything wrong with this whole thing. And Paul was coming at half time. <laughs> and, and the managers went, sit down, lads, and he went, Where's Paolo? <laughs> Paolo's already in the shower. Paolo's taking all your gear off <laughs> and he's in the shower getting showered. <laughs> so, so the manager goes in, David Plate goes in, and he's like, Paolo, Paolo's like, ah, no, I have it. <laughs> so David Plate walks out right. and, and says to Shrevesy, Shrevesy, can you go get him off of the ledge or what? So Shrevesy went in and calmed yes. him down. Right. He came out eventually and got dried and put his gear on just in time for the second half. Wow. Oh my God. Bye, bye. We're all just sitting there. No, 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 we're going down the old Paolo oh, story oh, round. But one time we played at Upton Park. I can't remember who we played against. Paolo got brought down maybe about three times. Thought it was a penalty. Oh, he wanted oh. Ref, ref didn't get it any. Paolo starts fuming. Like, walks over to, to Harry. Give it. Take me off. <laughs> Take me off. <laughs> Harry's like, no. Harry, Harry just starts looking at me. Stand. <laughs> Harry's like, ah, Harry just totally ignores him. Starts looking at me. Stand. Paolo just sits down on the pitch. Game is going on. He's just sits on the pitch for about five minutes. Everybody's running all he around. He's a toddler. <laughs> Everybody's running around. Paolo, games, games going on. He's just sitting on the pitch until after about five minutes. He just gets up and just joins back in. Fantastic. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh uh, Frank, have you seen anyone act like this? Did? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I have a good example. It's myself. I already clapped uh, a referee after he gave a, f a foul against me and I was insulting him and I was saying, well done, well done, ref. You should go back home. You know nothing about football. So he gave me a yellow oh. card. Good for me. I, re I realized that I had to stop, so I didn't get a red card. But um, it happened to me when uh, we played with Marseille against Mess and um, a young guy pretend that it was a penalty for him so he went on the floor and I went there and I was the captain of Marseille and I, I put his ear and I said stop, stop cheating and, uh, and he got up very quickly and he pushed me therefore he got a red card but the ref gave me a yellow card and I said why do you give me a yellow card and he said well because you, uh, you, you, you went for the, for the contact and you went for, for, the, for, for, for the fight and it's why I give you a yellow card and he said it's not a foul it's stupid what you're doing and then the, 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 all the crowd got crazy and the, the, every time I had the ball, they were booing me, they were well, singing things and I did that like I couldn't hear what they were saying and the ref yep. ran to me and gave me a red card and I hate injustice and I got crazy, I got crazy. And, and I told him everything, and I can't say on TV. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they had to, uh, they had to uh, hold me, otherwise I could have gone further. Because that guy wow. was really looking for me to get me a red card. But yeah. Tell you what, I was very close once though. We're a referee, closest I've ever been. We played when I came over here with a, in the old USL with the Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. And we were playing our second game in two days. Okay. 
and it's gone to overtime and we get a free kick, we are 3-2 down and there is six seconds left because they used to have the clock and okay. it down. Yep. And there was six seconds left on it, right? And we got a free kick. Ball's whipped in the box, we score, right? The referee said he had blown for time. Oh, no. And I started off really calmly. I'm going, hold on a second. Can you tell, how long does it take? I said, so the game doesn't restart until the, 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 the ball's taken. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, you're telling me it takes six seconds for a ball to travel 30 yards from the wide area into the goal. <laughs> and he's like, yes. No. And he turned and walked. And I'll tell you what, it's a good job as a couple of the last guys. <laughs> I stopped and uh, I was just like, still for a couple of seconds. Right. And then the mist. Then the rage. And then I started. And then fortunately, <laughs> a couple of the boys had grabbed me. And then I, I, I just I got back, got myself back in. Dan. Honestly, honestly. And by the way. Uh, Dan. We, by the I way, just Frank, just to finish, I just wanna... we, we actually gave the referee a lift of the game. Brilliant! <laughs> we gave the referee a lift of the game. Did you give him a lift back? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I... <laughs> Frank? <clears throat> no. Yeah, I, ju I just want to say that the, uh, the, the French Football League apologised to me after, after when I went to commission and I said, well, you know, I have... Hundreds of example of players doing that after scoring a goal, and he's never been red, yellow carded for that. He's not a foul. Yeah, but that doesn't excuse your behaviour afterwards, Frank. Think, you know, going that to doesn't the flag excuse what you said to the scoring. referee and the way you acted. I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, but, I don't think I don't think you can say that. I think it's, disappo it's disappointing they, from you, Frank. Oh. Very disappointing. Well, they, they apologised yeah, to me. What sort of they apologised to me. No, no, no. <laughs> But you're saying that your your oh, your actions don't are warranted by the red card. That's no, right, Frank. You should think. <laughs> What's an example? I was saying here. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> for Shaka, uh, yeah, with a victory okay. over the US last night, any renewed optimism yeah. for Trinidad and Tobago to make 2026? There are three automatic spots and two playoff spots. So five from Concacaf, yeah. Uh, I guess. For 20, but the US. Mexico and Canada are all in already. So, what have you got? Costa Rica. Panama. Panama, Honduras. Mm hmm Shaq. Jamaica. Okay. Uh, I'll take that as a duel. No, no, we've got, look, no, we've, no, we've no, got no, this no, one. No, little, no, little, little pinkies there. Yeah. That could no, say Trinidad and Tobago. Sure, oh. I, I've, I've kind of, in previous years, I've said this now, I'm, I'm not overly hopeful. I, I really am not. I, I don't think the team is playing well at all. I spoke to somebody today from, from within, within the camp and they are showing me that things are really progressing well. Somebody, okay. who, know, somebody who knows the game, somebody who's, who's, who's right. been around. And, they, they, and I, I mean, my point to them was, I'm not seeing it. But if you oh, say things yeah. are progressing that way, then, you know, you're, you're on the ground, you're in the dressing room, you know, you're part of, 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 um, of trying to make a football and you, you're seeing it, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that as some, as some kind of encouragement. So I'm, I'm hedging my bets on that. Because okay. I'm not seeing it in terms of performances, but oh. by all accounts, we're trending nicely. What a serious answer, Shaq. I, 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 take, I take my trend to be quite... I know, I've seen it. Seriously, Dan. Okay, Stevie. 
Let's see. Salah, Darwin Nunez, Luis, Luis Diaz, Jobis Sly are all on hot form for their respective countries. Should City be worried this Saturday? Absolutely, yeah. At what time? What time to play? God. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, if it was 4 o'clock, hey. it should be. But 12.30 is on. Shut it, clock. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the City should be worried. Right, are you trying to buy favour now for the Liverpool fans? No, I'm not finished yet. Oh, oh. Well, well don't, don't finish with anything, even sarcastic. Don't finish sarcastically, okay, right? I'm right. finished. Right, right. <laughs> Move on. No, Move continue, on. Stevie. <laughs> Should City be worried this Saturday? Well, they should be worried about those players going forward, yeah. Right. But at the same time, I think Liverpool are just as worried about them coming forward as well. No, no. Now, if Haaland doesn't play, that'll be a right. That'll be a positive for Liverpool. But I have a sneaky feeling he will be playing. Uh, Frank, who will end up having a better legacy for France, Mbappe or Henri? Ooh. I thought they didn't like him. Mm. In wow. Well, there is a there is an underline in that question because we all know that Henri hasn't been after, especially the game against Ireland uh, and, you know, some maybe comments, hasn't left a very good, uh, uh, we say, uh, all positive uh, uh, feeling towards the French community, uh, French, uh, the French fans. And Mbappe, you know, we sometimes talking, um, is saying stuff that French people didn't really appreciate it. But I would say that uh, Everybody thinks those two players are absolutely fantastic, uh, but I would go that Mbappe uh, will be my favorite because of what he does and the way he speaks uh, and he stays plays for Fra in France. So when Henry left quite early uh, to uh, to Arsenal, so the French people I think don't really know Thierry Henry, where they have the time to appreciate Kylian Mbappe, I would say. Opinions on this last dance match between Al Nazir and Inter Miami. Now, by the way, if you haven't seen it, uh, rumours today that uh, Inter Miami are going to take on Al Nazir, of course, who plays for those teams, Messi and Ronaldo. Inter Miami have come out and denied that any sort of match has been organised. Would you like to see that, Stevie? No. Why not? Well, why would I? Bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd rather, I'd rather watch reruns of the classicals and ah. previous games. Hey, well, Frank, why are you laughing? <laughs> oh, because, because you know, sometimes you have to give what people want to see and sometimes they're very nostalgic, so I would say yes, because I don't care, but I know people are going to be pleased to see that, so I'm going to be very political in that matter. It's true, you could sell, you could make a lot of money from that. I'm with Frank. Yes? I, I concur with Monsieur Le. You concur with Le, Monsieur Leboeuf, right then. Um, I watched a thing on YouTube yesterday. No, Stevie. <laughs> Stevie spends a lot of time on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Steven Gerrard's team with Henderson and that. And they were playing one of the other teams in a league game. And there was only 650 people at the game. 
Oh, in Saudi Arabia. Sorry, I yeah. took, took a moment to drop what was going on. 650. Yeah, I know. It's uh, The ticket sales has the not... Ticket, they yeah. Shared, yeah. That's pretty good, and actually. They said that that wasn't the lowest attendance of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. It was a, there was a game where there was 160 people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it has not... Uh, yeah. Gab's, Gab's very much all, all over this. Give him a call. Uh, Stevie, you once... You could send me a YouTube link. I could. Yeah, send, send that to Gab. Right. Uh, Stevie, you once said 80% of football is what's in between your ears. Yeah, I don't think... I wouldn't come out with 80. I'd probably say 50. OK. Consequently, if we inserted your football mind into a 14-year-old Dan Thomas's body, could you still go pro and perform? Oh, no chance. <laughs> 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 when I said 50% oh my is in God. your head, you still have to have the other 50% <laughs> in your body. Wow. You have to have a certain... Uh, I should have a Stevie Nichols brain. Body, <laughs> a certain strength and yeah. all the, all yes. the other things. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know which I'm more worried about. Yeah. Stevie's brain or Dan's body. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. A lobotomy in that start is quite <laughs> something. Yeah. If you had to watch a goal on replay for the rest of your life, what goal would you pick and why? Ooh. That's easy for me. I, do, I, I watch it all the time. Patrick against Newcastle? No. All three goals? No. Liverpool against Tottenham Hotspurs in the 70s. Terry McDermott, header. Albeit to make it 7-0, but an incredible goal. Ball's, ball's knocked out from a set-piece, Liverpool defending. Yeah. David Johnson picks the ball up inside his own half. A beautiful right-footed zinger volley. Wide. Steve Highway comes running late, doesn't even, has one touch. Now he's on the touch line, whips it with his left peg, it goes across the box, and Ted McDermott, who's run 80 yards, ends up in like the apex of the six yard box in the corner, yep. heads it in. Three, three touches David Johnston, Stevie Highway, Teddy McDermott, 80 yard run header. I mean, just unreal. And it was a 7-0 game, and it was a seventh goal, but... Well... I have watched this... I couldn't tell you many times. Where have you watched it? <laughs> On my favourite... Uh, <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> oh, no. So not FA Cup final, Liverpool-West Ham? No, this goal, this goal is just... Uh, just every single time I get... Uh, you know when you, you perk up? Yeah, you perk up, man. Right? You perked up. You perked up there. There is. Every time I see it, I just perk up. There you go. Shaq? Easy answer to this. Maradona against England, World World Cup was 86. Yeah, 86. 86. That, that's easy answer. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the hard ball. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, a close second, uh, maybe threatening for first. November 16, 2005, Dennis Lawrence against Bahrain. Oh, Grand Tobago qualified for the first ever work. Yes. I could watch that on repeat. Frank, which of your goals are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, World Cup, <laughs> no, no. World Cup 1970, uh, Pele uh, giving an acid without looking at the player coming on the right side. I think it was Jairzino and the final against Italy. I think it was the third or the fourth goal. Absolutely fantastic, right timing, uh, great, great, well, great spirit, great uh, anticipation. I, lo I loved it. And then the other one comes to me. Uh, very quickly, Zinedine Zidane, first goal uh, in World Cup, 98, because I'm just behind. And you can see, you can see me in the picture. That's it then. That brings us to the end of another show. We'll be back tomorrow for more Stephen Alley. Uh, we'll be reflecting on that big game between Brazil and Argentina.
Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.